The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm here with Brandy, Angie, and Ben, a.k.a. Mr. Commentary. <laughs> nice. I like what you did there. <laughs> thought Ben was just going to start reading from his commentary. Right there. <laughs> well, according to what I read this morning in Scripture. So to kick us off, just curious. Deep question right here. Very important. What's your favorite kind of cookie? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a little classic, but oatmeal chocolate chip. Don't put a raisin in my cookie. Oatmeal, oatmeal chocolate. Can you buy that? Yeah. That have to be made. Well, first of all, Chick-fil-A. Special order. Uh, but second of all, I do have a recipe that would blow your mind. Is Chick-fil-A the only place you get them? Mm, it's the only place I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. Can you send us that recipe for our house church? Gladly. Okay. Hmm. Oatmeal doesn't go in cookies. You're wrong. <laughs> Oreo, easy. Oh, okay. Easy. Mm, I do dumb. love a double stuff Oreo specifically. Mm. I'm not a huge cookie fan. Angie. <laughs> I, I can't think of a favorite because I would like, give me a chip and some dip. Mm. Like there's I would literally cookie no cookie that you would eat. I mean, I will eat it if you like put it in my hand, but I'm not going to have a preference. Like I'm not just going to go to this table and be like oh, my look i'm cookie. here i'm here to say this <laughs> chocolate chip cookie hands down mm. best cookie it don't matter yeah nothing's better than that okay i can get behind that that's a good one y'all want to fight me <laughs> i kind of want to fight angie honestly <laughs> <laughs> you want me to make one up for you? a little bit <laughs> you're hurting my feelings have you ever ever you been or somebody else been just so passionate about something and it's like dude calm down a little bit uh, yeah, because you're wrong. No, but yes. Because <laughs> I always feel like, and this may be a shocker to most people, but I always feel like I'm right. <laughs> don't you? I mean, most of the time, yes. Maybe I don't say it out loud, but in my head for sure. So here, here's a question for us. As Christians, do we have the right to require other people, other believers to live by our convictions? Well, I think maybe the first question there. You know, if maybe there's a listener out there who, like me, maybe doesn't exactly know what you mean by conviction. Could we talk about what a conviction is for just a second? Something that we're passionate about, hold strong to. Mm. Um, maybe this is like thoughts on politics, you know, the bad word that we don't talk about. Yeah. Thoughts on what we eat, what we do with our free time, who we let our kids date. You know, things that are important, things I'm passionate about. It's a good question. What well, I think, think you said, do we have a right to? I don't think we have the right to, but I think we feel like we do and we live that way. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe this is, it all kind of comes back to the thought of pride for me. Um, I know convictions, it was almost like a bad word to me for a while because I was basically told what convictions to have, like you're saying. Um, 
but I was, it was never backed up with scripture necessarily. It was more of like a cultural conviction, I guess you could say, a cultural spiritual conviction. Um, and so I think a lot of the past few years of my faith journey has been learning, hey, I have to take all of those convictions that I have felt or been told to have and really compare it with what scripture tells me. And that has come with a learning of, yes, I can Google and find any scripture to fit anything that I want it to. But when I take the time to dig in to the actual scripture and understand it for what it is telling me and not what I want it to tell me, that has really guided what my convictions are more than anything. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think this is important for us as a church because at Venture, we are very diverse. Um, Just take a denomination, for example. We have people from all kind of different types of denominations. As a result, we've got people who have different beliefs that we hold on to strongly. Um, and, and this is what we see in Romans chapter 14, which Romans 14 isn't our primary text for this week. It's Romans 15, but you can't read 15 without understanding what happened right before it. So just to give you a little bit of background, in the church of Rome, you have two large groups of people. You have the Jewish audience, and then you have the Gentiles. And both of these groups have different convictions, cultural convictions, just like Brandy said. For example, the Jews were very passionate about observing the Sabbath, very religious about that. They did not work on the Sabbath. The Gentiles didn't care about that at all. Another example, the Jews didn't eat pork. The Gentiles would cook bacon in a Jewish man's house. And this was causing some friction in the church because people had different convictions. Hey, can I just kind of interject right there and say, I heard you say the word belief earlier, followed quickly by conviction. And I do think that that's where we've been confused in church a lot because we can think that my convictions are my beliefs, as in this is what defines my faith. And I know we've hit on, you know, the essentials of our beliefs and our convictions are not the same as that. So it's just really, it's an important distinction to make. And I know that's not what you meant, but that was just the first thing that popped into my head was we have to be careful that our convictions don't become our beliefs. We can believe something all we want, but when we're in church and you hear the word belief, a lot of time that means I believe in Jesus. Right. Okay. Well, my convictions are not that same kind of belief. Yeah. So like we said a couple of weeks ago, in essentials, there's unity. In the non-essentials, then there's liberty. And for somebody like me, this makes life a little messy because I like answers to be yes or no, black or white, binary. And what we read in Romans 14, and I want to encourage everybody to check this out this week, is there's a lot of gray area. And the ultimate goal is for us as believers, though we may have different convictions, we are to have unity because we are one body in Christ. So with that, we're going to read a little bit in Romans chapter 15. We're going to look at uh, just a few verses, and in the south, a few today means one through seven. As we get into this, do you guys have any study tips as you approach the scripture? Mine will go along with, I think, 
last week I talked about a little bit about I used the word patience, um, and that sometimes reading the, reading a passage, it takes some time for God. You know, I, I go back to we talked about God's words living and active, and so it's just cool. Be, be patient with yourself and allow God to work through His Word, and that like when I sit down and literally open it at this moment to read it. Man, he's going to use that to continue to work in me and reveal his truth in time. You know, so that's, that's just, again, my encouragement. I think mine just goes back to what we kind of already said, but I have to remind myself to not just stay exactly where I am. I started reading 15 this week and was like, man, what are we talking about? So I just went back a chapter and read 14 and, oh, that's what we're talking about. You know, so just also don't forget to remember what's around the passage that you're studying too. Yeah, very good point. One of my tips for this week, you'll see this in verse 4, and you'll see it, I think, starting in verse 8 in the following verses. Uh, There's quotation marks around some sayings, and that means there's a cross-reference, cross-referencing to the Old Testament. So Paul, who is writing this, he is not coming up with his own ideas, but this is from the Old Testament. And that really gives a lot of insight, too, Mm -hmm. to be able to look at the bottom of the page of your Bible, or maybe it's right in the middle, and you'll see the scripture that is quoted, and you're able to go back there and see the context of that as well. You ready? Okay. Verse 1 says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed. Very good. Y'all got any thoughts on that? I think whenever I read that this week, um, what stood out to me the most was probably verse 4. And it speaks directly to why the scripture was written. It says it was written um, to teach us so that through the endurance that was taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide might give us hope. And so just the, the thought, endurance is kind of repeated in that chapter, which I think we've talked about before being important. Um, to notice things that are repeated, but knowing that scripture is there to teach us, but to teach us how to endure through through things. And one of the greatest examples of that to me is Jesus as always, but how he endured the, the hardest thing in his life of the cross. And that kind of took me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, where it talks about he endured because he was able to set his mind on the joy set before him, like focus. And that that joy for him was he knew what, what this was going to cost, but he knew what it was going to bring as well, the reward with it. And keeping our mind on that joy to be found on the other side of anything that we're going through is one thing that that teaches me through skip, Scripture as a model to just focus on the joy to be found in Christ. And you can endure anything. Yeah, and focusing on the joy 
is a choice. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's really easy for us to focus on our differences, but Jesus models it, and Paul writes it right here, is we are to focus on the joy. And like it said in Hebrews, like you just read. Ben, what you got? Um, verse 5 stood out to me. It says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. It made me, that verse just kind of made me rethink how I think about God's provision um, and what he provides. You know, I think so often I just limit it to God's provision being meeting my physical needs. Um, but we see here in Scripture that there's a whole side of God's provision for us through the Holy Spirit um, that I just discount. You know what I mean? That I just, I don't ever even think about that, like, and he, he's going to give me endurance. He's going to encourage me in my spirit. Um, and so I, that was just, that was one of the things that stood out to me. So how, how does this challenge us as believers, knowing that God has accepted you? How, how does this challenge us to accept other people, other believers? Well, it's funny that you asked that specific question because that was probably the verse that stood out the most to me is verse 7, accept one another as Christ accepted you. Uh, but it ends with in order to bring praise to God. And I think, I don't know why the word pride just kept coming back up for me this week, I guess, because maybe that's something I struggle with. But um, I have to set aside my pride when I'm welcoming and accepting others in because it's not for me. I'm doing these things as Christ did them for me. Therefore, I should turn around and do the same. And I don't know, like that's, it's such a simple statement, but it has kind of rocked my world a little bit this week. <laughs> you know, hey, guess what? For the millionth time, it's not about me. Yeah, verse two, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. And I kind of emphasize their and them because I was struck by that verse so much of my, Oftentimes, my motives are what's what's going to be in return for me. What mm -hmm. is how's this going to benefit me? Um, but it's again, like Brandy said, no, it's it's not about me. That's right. And we see this in Romans fourteen twenty two. It says, "So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blesses the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves." That is just good wisdom right there. And that's why, as a church, we value this core value of choosing joy. Because as people, we have differences. We have different thoughts. We have different convictions. But as we have been learning, we are one body. And as one body, we complement one another. So we can either focus on our differences, which creates division, or we can realize that we are one family of faith through Jesus, and as a result, we get to choose joy. So I want to thank you guys for the conversation. I have learned a good bit. I'm looking forward to next week. We may hit you with a little surprise. Who knows? <laughs> thank you guys for being here. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in House Church. 
House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit VentureChurch.org slash housechurch.